Welcome, race fans, to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast with Cam K and Graydon Bunn. True Canadian race fans. This show is presented by Remax Jack. Call Remax Jack and start to pack. Green flag is out. Let's get this podcast underway. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Cam K, Graydon Bunn. Along with us is our good buddy, Tony Spiteri from Pinty's, I guess, formerly from Pinty's. I don't know where, where is he? Where uh, he another couple of days, but it'd be Friday. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, current time with Pinty's, Tony, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Hey, no problem, Cam. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Well, we had to have you on because we were able to enjoy the NASCAR Pinty series this season and a year that we really didn't know if we were going to be able to. And um, we got to go to the track for the first time in what seemed like ages. It was years. And, and I think both of our cases now, uh, this is, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, Kat wants to be a part of the podcast apparently, but um, so again, you talked about, touched a little bit about uh, it with the boys, but um what was it feeling like to finally be back at the track, but not just at the track, but with fans? Yeah, it, it, you know, the boys did a great interview. I'll, I'm going to tell you exactly the same thing. Um, it, it, it's it's lucky, you know, I, I still get butterflies when I hit the gate. And it doesn't matter if I'm at one of our races or, you know, walking into Humberston or uh, I still get those butterflies uh, knowing, you know, we're going to the races. The cool part was uh, this season – uh, to see fans, but, but more importantly is to watch folks like you, right. Who have started a, a podcast, you know, and people know you by your name, you know, to watch Adam and Clinton walk through the pits and people stopping to get pictures with them and stuff. And, uh, the, the sport, as we've been saying, the sport continues to, uh, to grow. Uh, the irony is that the unfortunate part, I mean, COVID is nothing to celebrate. Uh, but if you're in the motorsports industry, uh, COVID-19 has actually been uh, a, a kind of a blessing, uh, unfortunately, in, in disguise. I just read uh, a few moments ago that uh, uh, last week's NASCAR race in the U.S. actually had a higher audience than F1. Um, so you're starting to see these little glimmers where you go, wow, okay, so there was a benefit to being, you know, being at the track. Uh, I don't think the quality of the racing uh, hindered us, to be honest with you. I think uh, some of the controversies and and, uh, and some of the battles actually drove more people into the stands, despite weather. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's how do I feel? I mean, a melancholy, uh, melancholy, and uh, walking, you know, walking, uh, walking away at the end of this week from, uh, you know, uh, kind of ongoing support since about 1999. So it's a, it's a, definitely an interesting place to be. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, making a bit of a change, you are, Tony. And um, do you know how uh, the legacy of Pinty's and NASCAR, are, and not just in, in this series, but on dirt as well, um, Pinty's did so much for racing um, this year. And you guys got behind the, the dirt racing series, the Knights of Thunder, and uh, we were lucky enough to catch, so we weren't able to actually see it live, but catch it on GeForce. So thankful for the boys at GeForce for putting that show yeah. on because it really is great content. Um, how about that show and getting behind a dirt racing series like that? Uh, 
you know, it started as a nucleus. Uh, you know, I, I got to give kudos, uh, Jennifer Booth. We're going to have to, we're gonna, you're going to have to get her on here at some point, but uh, uh, very early on in, in Jennifer's tenure with me at, at Pinty's, uh, she saw the value of the electronic media beyond broadcast uh, and worked very closely with Clinton and the guys. Uh, yeah, we were a bit of a, I don't know if angel investor is the right thing to say, but we were, uh, we were an early investor in that program and helped out. Uh, and I think it came at the perfect time. Um, people couldn't get to a track and, and we were able to, we were able to bring the track to them. Uh, there was a lot of controversy. There were uh, some tracks that, uh, you know, didn't want that content or, or, you know, don't see the value in that content uh, being shared uh, from where we sit. If you see it on TV or if you see it on the podcast, you just want to go see it live. So it's, it's, uh, it's worked out really, really well. Um, I think the big question that folks are asking are, is, you know, like what now type thing? Uh, I have to tell you that, you know, I, I've said now for as long as I can remember, you know, uh, Pinty's is an organization and obviously Oli Mel today, uh, they invest in businesses that give them a return on investment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's up to the racing community to continue to do exactly that. Um, and, I, and I think you know, things like this podcast and, and other things continue to deliver value to those advertisers, you know? So that's what I would say. Uh, I think I've answered your question, Cam. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Tony. And uh, having, uh, you kind of touched on it as well. 2021 is sort of a, a resurgence uh, after kind of a, a makeshift season. And in some cases, no season at all for some series and teams. Uh, it gave teams sort of a chance to regroup and uh, we are treated to a great season being able to be uh, in the stands and, and take it all in again and seeing lots of new companies and some, some familiar faces and some new faces coming up into the series. It's nice to see all that happening, right? It is. It is. And I mean, you know, great. Like, take, take a look, take a look at what Terry Vince is doing at Humberston. I grew up uh, going to that track as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a time when, man, if you, if you didn't get to the track at 530, you probably weren't going to get your seat. And that track opened up. Wow. Uh, that group, Terry Huffman, Terry Vince, uh, you know, Tim Zach, a few of those guys, they've all been working really hard to get that track up. I got to tell you, I did not go there once this summer and not see folks lined up to get in. Nice. I have not seen that, man, since the early 80s. Uh, now, something we don't talk about. I'll give you another example. Glenn Styers and Clinton uh, over at Osh Weekend. We talked a little bit about Clinton's uh, broadcast background, but we're not, we forget to remember that he, he's kind of like the GM at Osh Weekend, right? Yeah. Those guys have used COVID-19. They haven't had any events, but you would not recognize the facility. The investment that's going on there. Uh, they've used this time to to build out things like top flight VIP area, you know, more paved. This is a dirt track, mm -hmm. more paved pit spots. Like the stuff that's gone on is is absolutely astounding. And I think, like I said earlier, I, I, I don't want to make light of COVID nineteen. All of us have lost people in, in that. Uh, I call it a disaster anyway. Uh, but I think the racing community, the motorsports community, uh, especially in Canada, has has actually used it. Uh, to become stronger coming out of it. 
Well, you've just cited uh, Oswegan Speedway, but let's uh, talk about, since you've brought it up, uh, all the pictures we're seeing of Delaware getting uh, a facelift and new asphalt. I mean, breathing new life into racing going into the offseason is something that uh, fans, teams, uh, industry insiders alike can be excited about knowing that there's, uh, once all the snow and ice melts, when the season fires up, there's some new asphalt to ride on. I, I got to tell you, like uh, an early Christmas present right now would be looking at the NASCAR Pinty Series schedule because um, if uh, if what I'm led to believe right now in Ontario, which is kind of leading the charge in terms of coming out and saying this is when we think we'll we'll have an all clear, they're calling mm-hmm. March 28th. Uh, Quebec has done an absolutely outstanding job yeah. of managing COVID-19. I I lived there through mm-hmm. it, and uh, uh, kudos to Francois Legault and his whole team, his whole cabinet for doing what they did. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, that schedule has the potential to be uh, like something we've never seen in the series. Uh, new tracks, new formats. Um, and as we talked about with the, with, the, with the boys, a whole bunch of new talent. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be actually uh, – the cool, the cool part is there's a, there's a very strong likelihood I'll, I'll join you guys as a fan. So – uh, do me a favor. Would you save me a seat someplace? Yeah. You betcha. Absolutely. The, the, one of the things that we did talk about this year was the, not even just the, the, the talent that came into the series for the first time, but some of the talent that's come back to the series that hadn't been there in a while. We have to remember uh, Dexter Stacy had been away from this series for so many years and to see the growth. I mean, we talked about this for, I mean, we talked to him, and told him about this uh, to see him have his career year um, returning to the series, joining EHR uh, was phenomenal to see that, to see J.R. Fitzpatrick and Brandon Watson come into the series, step in a car that maybe was, you know, Mark had been struggling throughout the year and they come in and they're running up in the, I mean, Brandon finished second at Delaware Speedways battling for the lead. I mean, we know he's good to see J.R. Fitzpatrick come out uh, really make a start that we weren't expecting to see the legend himself, Glenn Styers come racing. We weren't expecting that at all. Oh. you got the names like Kyle Marcelli, LP Montour, uh, uh, buddy Malcolm Strawn coming into the series and running more than just one race. And of course uh, the fellows coming in um, yeah. adds name recognition. It, it, yeah. it almost feels like the momentum from 2019 is back and even hotter than it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't add anything to what you just said, Cam. Um, the only thing that I will say is, um, you know, as somebody sitting on the sidelines, um, I will I will continue to encourage uh, all the series, whether they be dirt, asphalt, you know, late model, cup, whatever. Uh, I, I'm continuing to encourage all of them to work together um, and, and respect the Canadian motorsports fans. So if, if we can take our premier events and schedule them in such a way that uh, we've got someplace interesting to be, you know, every week from May 2, 4, all the way to October, um, you know, if, if, I have, uh, if I have anything to offer, that, uh, that would pretty much be the offer that I would make. You touched on that perfectly. <laughs> Segwaying into these topics really nicely, it's, it's a thing where if – Motorsports is, it seems like, at least from a Canadian perspective, it's back and 
they're seizing the opportunity. And as you say, when everybody can pull in the right direction, that can only help in terms of, of scheduling and, and maybe not necessarily stepping on the toes of other series, but kind of, I mean, there's going to be conflicts here or there for sure, uh, depending where you go on your Saturday nights and things like that. But I mean, as a whole, if the industry can kind of get together and, and really beat the drum loud and proud. You told us in an episode before, don't waste a good crisis. And I mean, it's getting this, this pandemic is like our 1979 Daytona 500 in massive scale, where we can grab the attention of so many people that we, we stand to gain so much from this, uh, like from, from what you said, a, a God awful disaster. But I mean, look at all the people that are showing up in droves and just missing it so bad teams too. I mean, just dusting off the cars and getting back at it. Great to uh, see. You've got a great memory. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't waste. Don't tell don't my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste good crisis, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely got to see a lot of action this year. And in terms of, um, the crowds we were there and for not being at full capacity it seemed pretty full so what do you think the prospect is for next year um obviously we're still still kind of in this unknown as to what's happening but in terms of audience i know this this is going to be kind of a loaded question but do you feel that the shutdown between the united states had a lot to do with our audiences being so high and will we see a drop off with the states being back opened again well i think uh, uh, there's there's no question that the, the u.s being closed uh has driven uh the desire uh obviously to attend our tracks so there, there's no question at all about that but uh, and it's a giant but i think what folks have figured out here pretty quickly uh is that the caliber of the racing available right here, right now, uh, in a lot of cases is on par with what you'll see stateside. Um, now, does that mean that a boatload of folks aren't gonna, you know, hop in the suburban and head down to Oswego? No. Does that mean that, you know, people like me and in March aren't gonna, you know, beeline down to Bristol for a, uh, you know, for a Mountain Dew? No, that's gonna happen. But I think it's gonna cause us pause in the middle of the race, domestic racing season to mm -hmm. say, well, maybe we're going to use the U.S. in the shoulder periods. You know, maybe we're going to hit Daytona. Maybe we're going to hit Vegas. We're going to hit Bristol and get, get all that stuff out of the way before March or I guess before May and kind of sort of after October. Uh, the cool part about being a Canadian race fan is we're blessed. We can actually play that game. It's We can we can be domestic yeah. when we want to be and international when we, when we want to be. So, um, I, you know, I don't see them as competitive, Cam. Uh, I keep trying to tell people motorsports fans are motorsports fans. Don't, don't fall in the, I'm a dirt guy or gal. And I'm not, you know mm -hmm. what? You're not, you're not a motorsport. If you can't appreciate a sprint car doing what it does, if you can't appreciate a 3,500 pound, a 3,800 pound stock car doing what it does, like, you're not a motorsports fan. Um, mm -hmm. So that's Tony's thinking that and 28 cents will buy you a cup of bad coffee. <laughs> you don't have to stay. <laughs> You don't have to stand behind every series, but uh, like you don't have to beat them down either. Right. That's right. Much of that as it is, you know, we, I mean, I think one of the things that has really opened up my eyes and I will, I will admit, I'll be the first one to admit that I was an ignorant race fan for many years. 
Um, I didn't know weekly racing in Canada really until this year. Um, I didn't watch it as religiously as I did this year. And I think I miss racing more than ever because of that. Yeah. because of it's like quitting smoking <laughs> yeah it really is it's like the uh the rogers tv having a live broadcast at delaware every week i was bummed if that didn't happen because i now now i could follow it i could see the drivers week in and week out i knew who was going to show up right and those car counts were fantastic that they had there um you had the same thing with g-force showcasing the dirt series that of course i've never been the biggest fan of of dirt racing but that i never watched it so it's really easy to find yourself in that kind of oh well it's not that great and then you actually watch and go you know what this is not half bad i like seeing a vw beetle tear up uh, a racetrack on the dirt i think that's amazing <laughs> right yeah. you know uh, <laughs> ever since they legalized pod cam you're a different person but uh, <laughs> at, at, at the at the end of the day you got to think about it from this perspective uh for the first time in a long time, the struggle at some of the tracks we've gone to, dirt tracks in particular, have been nobody wants to get sent home. No promoter wanted to send anybody home. When you get to a point in the middle of this summer where in some series you were having, you know, three, three heats, uh, a Concy, uh, a B main, an A main, and you were still sending cars home, uh, which nobody wants to do. Man, I think Graydon said it. There, there, there's there's something uh, there's something changing, uh, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's that's the indicative part for me. Uh, the stands are making it happen. Uh, the sponsors are making it happen. The teams are making. I think it's everybody kind of working together. Um, anyway, that's Tony's thoughts. Every like every section or every industry in a way is having a reality check and how they can do business better. And I mean, racing industry is certainly no different in terms of the administrative end of things where you're doing stuff with less paper trail, but I mean, taking a step back or yeah, I mean, 2020 was a step back and, and looking at the broad view, I mean, they have more chance to figure out, what works in terms of social media and, and marketing strategies and things like that getting, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, people were able to rally our buddy, Larry Jackson was able to get a company like O'Neill to jump on the car for a full season and, and stuff like that. And then having him bring Matt Scannell with uh, main street logistics, like cams wearing right there. Brock Street Brewing with Sam Fellows, like all these companies that have had a chance to kind of watch it from the outside and, and kind of evaluate and then be in a position where maybe they could buy in and, and go racing and have a bit of fun. Like the O'Neill guys, it looked like they had some great hospitality functions at the braces this year. Hey, look, at uh, let's do a shout out to every sponsor. That's mm -hmm. anti yeah. Um I wish I could name them all, uh, but you know, yeah, come on, Tony. I, Come on. I was going to, I created a slippery slope there with just well, citing off a few, but I mean, you're right. It, it's a long list. I, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, I, I tell, I tell Luke over at APC and his team, uh, we shake hands often and uh, we try to break bread, uh, but there's a group that's got behind it in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Uh, Frank uh, from, from Quickwick, right? Mm -hmm. So Frank was sending me uh, pictures last night. 
he hopped in a uh, in a legends car uh, and was awesome. doing laps on dirt. And he wrote me a note last night and said, "Dude, you were right. Like, <laughs> I love this dirt racing. It's fantastic. Uh, I want to run." I'm like, "Hey, dude, like, knock yourself out." So you know, there's the president, and CEO of the company, saying, "I'm not just going to sponsor. I'm going to partake a little bit." And and you know, nice. I, I encourage that because. Um, you're going to learn, you're going to learn the trials and tribulations of what teams go through. It's going to give you a real appreciation. Uh, but you know, I can keep going. The O'Neill's a good example. Uh, um, just keep rolling. You know, Ed, Eddie Hackinson's a good example. Eddie, Eddie's yeah. got a business choker, right? Guess what? He puts his money where his mouth is, you know, mm-hmm. he's got, he's got his own company sponsoring his own car, you know, like, um, so I can keep going. There's, there's some of the, some of the, some of the best folks you'll meet, uh, but you got to remember, you know, you asked the question earlier about the future of Vinti's. It's the same thing. Those folks are investing because, A, they love the sport, but they're also investing because there needs to be an ROI. There needs to be a return on investment. And your point, Gray, about, you know, companies are, are, are taking a very hard look at stuff in COVID and post-COVID. You know, this is the time for grassroots investment, but it's also the time for good investment. So, right. You know, for all the teams that are... Uh, that are drafting sponsorship uh, requests and sponsorship presentations. You know, I, I give the same advice all the time. Focus your attention on how you create a return on investment uh, for, for your potential sponsor. LP Dumoulin is a great example. Mm-hmm. If you had LP Dumoulin and Tony Page uh, here today, Tony Page being the president of WeatherTech Canada, I guess, uh, Tony would tell you, yes, he loves the team. And yes, he loves LP and JF. He loves the fam- loves all that but he invests because it helps drive his business. So it has to make yeah, sense. Yeah. If you, if you want a model uh, of how to make things happen, that's a good one. Tag, tags is another good example. Yeah. Right. He over delivers to his sponsor partners. So mm-hmm. anyway. So how much of a role does that? Cause one of the things that we've, we've taken on um, and we didn't realize how, <laughs> how much of a task it is, is the social media aspect of it and getting your stuff available on so many different platforms. Do, do you feel in this day and age that it, uh, that race teams need to, to be on social media? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound like a historian. I'm, I'm old as, uh, as dinosaur bones, I guess now, but, <laughs> um, you know, in the sixties and seventies sponsorship was new. If you were at a racetrack and you had a race team, you were there because you wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, competition is an element of that. There's no question. You're at the racetrack to win. You're at the racetrack to compete. The difference today is uh, most teams can't afford to be there uh, and run a full season on their own dime. They need to be multifaceted. And the multifaceted piece, uh, Cam, is they need to be really good marketers. And we're starting to break through. The teams are starting to break through. You know, uh, some of the regional brands that maybe don't have the budgets to do, you know, national broadcast or stuff like that. Uh, they're looking at race teams or other sports teams. Curlin's a good example. They're looking at those teams to get the message out. So, yeah, I, if you, but if you, if you walked into most shops today, and please promise you don't giggle when I say this, guys. But if you walked into most shops today and said, look, you need to spend the equivalent of your tire budget on marketing. What would they say to you? So they'd be nice to you, right? They'd be nice yeah. to you while you were there. You yeah. The suit. 
And as soon as you rock. walked out, they'd say, that guy's off his rocker, right? The cheese has slipped off that cracker. <laughs> yeah. The truth of the matter is that investment in social media or the investment you guys are making on the podcast, that's what sponsors are looking for. You know, they'd, they'd love you to win races, but they're okay with your third or fourth place in points as long as you're the one that's got the most media attention. Yeah, I mean, they want to see the impression there of their brand and the ripple effect that it's it's being posted from one person and shared by the next and the next and spreading and everything. Like, that's that's where, as you say, the ROI comes from. I mean, that's that's not rocket science, but, I mean, that's kind of the evolution of sponsorship and partnership in motorsports is being able to deliver that product and the and the advertising to the fans every which way other than just being on the hood or the quarter panels of a race car so then you ask yourself Ray, how many teams stop at cashing the check and putting the vinyl on the, on the quarter panel right right so i've got this year figured out what we'll deal with next year in september and, <laughs> and that's that's the difference in the model and i think successful teams are the ones that are working through you know multi-year deals and creating a lot of value and as i said it's a it's a great opportunity uh, or it has been uh, what you could call a great opportunity for teams but at the same time it's also a good opportunity for teams to kind of, with that mentality as you say or uh, racers can kind of mess up and and <laughs> not prosper from this, but uh, I mean, the key is obviously looking around and seeing what works. It's it's not the Cup Series, but I mean, the the model's the same, to all, just in different cosms. But uh, being out there and active is on social media, especially when the traveling is restricted and whatnot, is is key. Oh, big time! It's 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 a big, big, big element. There we go, boys. I just got to turn that down. Some of the folks in the hotel are tired of hearing us talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Tony, before we, uh, before we wrap it up, one of the things that uh, I think the IndyCar series has done very well is established a ladder system, scholarship system of sorts um, to make your way up through the lower divisions up into the grand stage. Yes, sir. Would you feel that Ontario has a good chance of doing such a thing um, with the many divisions that we have, including um, mini stocks, straight or super stocks, uh, Ontario sportsmen, APC, and then the Pinty series? Or do they, should they all be some separate entity? I, I mean, I think everybody's going to have an opinion on that. Uh, my opinion is, uh, uh, the, the motorsports industry is better working together than separate. I mean, every promoter, there was a time, every promoter, every track, uh, every series, you know, wanted their own little control, their own destiny. And you know what power to people, you know, that's fantastic. But I think if, if you want to create that infrastructure that it's going to need to, to, to grow, there needs to be a lot more, let's just say communal work. Around around the sport itself. Great answer. Wow. <laughs> the inspirational words of Tony Spateri as we wrap the podcast up. Um, Tony, 
we want to thank you so much for coming on the show once again and and for getting to hang out with us at the track. That was an, an awesome experience to finally get to to meet you in person and and to take in what was an absolutely amazing experience for us, something we never would have expected. So we want to thank you for being a part of that. That's great, Cam. And, uh, and great. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for the support uh, to the motorsports fans. Uh, it's, it's been a slice for, I guess, the other side of 20 years. If I can, if, if I can take just a, another second of your time. Absolutely. Uh, just a, a, few, a, a few groups we need to thank. The, fo- the folks at NASCAR uh, for always being welcoming and, and for listening to my crazy ideas. Um, thank you, Chad and, and, and Steve O'Donnell and the rest of the crew. Uh, couldn't have done that stuff without your support. Um, uh, it, it changed the sadness on this one, uh, but uh, with the crew back, back at Pinty's, the original crew uh, with Jennifer and, uh, and, and, and Randy Kane, our, my former president and CEO, uh, and, our, and our shareholder group for believing uh, and seeing the vision of what we could and couldn't do. Um, and then um, uh, the new CEO, uh, at at uh, uh, at Ole Mel, Yannick Gervais, a very good friend of mine. Him, uh, him and his bride were in Delaware with us, uh, dropping the flag. Uh, I wish him the the just the utmost success uh, in his new venture. Um, unfortunately, uh, we 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 uh, we uh, we lost a very good friend in, in the sport. Uh, we lost a very good uh, uh, a very good man, uh, the former CEO of Ole Mel, uh, Rajan Nadeau. Uh, Rajan uh, believed early on <laughs> when he was buying Pinties. He uh, he was adamant that we continue to do what we're doing, and uh, uh, I am so thrilled, uh, absolutely so thrilled, that uh, he was able to be in Trois Rivières with us just a few short weeks uh, before he passed. Uh, so, to the motorsports community, uh, you know, if you're sharing a drink this weekend, just uh, just a, a little nod for Rajan. A um, couple of people on the mend in the racing community. Mark Hall, uh, Herniac Hall Motorsports. Uh, Mark had a little, uh, a little incident there uh, early in the week. He's, he's 90%. Uh, Mark, uh, please come back as sarcastic as you've always been. Please. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Down cylinder, our, our, but not out. <laughs> yeah, well, he's always, been, he's always been not wired right, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Sandra Pitts. Uh, Sandra is uh, RJ Pitt's mom. He's a 27 model light driver um, and uh, very dear, uh, <laughs> wife to a very good friend of ours in the sport, Jeff Pitts. Uh, Sandra's got a little diagnosis that she's going to deal with. Um, and uh, we just want to send prayers and, and good fortune her way. Uh, we're thinking about uh, both of those folks and wish them all the best uh, to get healthy as quickly as we can and get them back at the racetrack. Absolutely. Well, uh great chatting as always tony um as cam said thanks very much for uh for the the access uh the acceptance uh and and just uh getting to know you and 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 your friendship over the years uh we wish you all the best in in what the future holds for you buddy be good guys stay safe see you at the track you bet tony touch out